Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. What does our sexual sin cost us? Do we take time to evaluate the losses and how they are affecting our lives today? In this episode, we share a story of a man who had a terrifying nightmare that vividly illustrates what it's like to be confronted with how evil steals innocence and peace from our inner child. Then we explore what this man discovered from this dream and how to respond to your own losses of innocence and peace and what the journey back to protecting your innocence can look like. For help with understanding how your inner child impacts sexual acting out, visit innerchild-sexaddiction.com. For even more resources, visit bebroken.org or you can check out the links in today's show notes. And if you've been blessed by this podcast, uh, would you please take a little bit of time afterwards to rate and review it? Because this really does help others who are looking for this kind of material to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's dive into today's conversation. All right, Stephen. Oh, we're here. here. We are. Yes, sir. Time <laughs> to be t- turkey bright and alert. That's right. Greetings, class. So, um, I, I'm you got super excited about this particular I thing. I did. Uh, you know, Stephen, for those of you who are maybe newer to the program, he comes in, he always just tosses all these papers onto the <laughs> table. And then next thing you know, I'm supposed to kind of sift through them and say, you know, what do you do? This the, show, the one that, that was show. right on the top, I started reading it. At the very top, it said, I had a frightening experience. Oh, and yes. so then when I tell Stephen, I said, hey, I'd like to do this. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this, do one. this so, one. So tell us what where we're going to go in this frightening experience. Wow. So, you know, I talked to a lot of guys at breakfast with guys, lunch with guys, I just talk to guys and, and some tell me amazing stories and they have such good hearts that I say, can I, can I tell that story? And the men of God always say, yes, use it for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you know you're part of the kingdom when that's your heart. Yes, if my story will bless my brother. No, we never tell names. That's your job to use your name with your story. But we tell the story for the building up of men, for the building up of the church, for, for showing when our God shows up, pointing it out to each other. Our God showed up and there was a message. And I don't know who this is for. I just know God gave me clarity. He gave him this story, and he gave me clarity, and I want to share it. Awesome. So so this guy walks in. I'm going to read some notes here so I get this right. He says, I had a dream. And then he said, no, it was really a pretty terrifying nightmare that I had. Well, now I'm hooked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is this? 
He said, I was sitting on a couch in a living room. I've got this picture. I'm just sitting there on this couch. And, he, and I'm, I, I, he said, I'm not sure why I'm there, but I'm sitting in a room. It wasn't at my house, but you can visualize a living room with a couch. And he said, I'm, I'm looking at the opposite wall in front of me. And he said, part of the wall included a prison door mm. with prison bars on it. So I'm just sitting there and I'm looking at this wall. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure why I'm here, but I'm sitting with big eyes staring at this door with clearly prison bars on it, a heavy door, which really doesn't fit in a living room very well, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's not your typical living room. And he said, my eyes were just fixed on this prison cell. And behind the door was this evil, ugly-looking sexual monster. Okay, now I got to pause here. I want to know what's happening to your brain so that, you know, we can sort of play off what are the guys out there thinking. Well, I mean, I agree. This is a terrible nightmare. I mean, I can only imagine, you know, a lot of times when, when anybody's telling their story or you're hearing a story, you're you're it's easy to kind of try to put yourself into that story yes. and man trying to put myself into this i'm feeling the fear and the confusion and just like oh. uh, i would also and i know we're going to eventually get there but man my first thought would be like what's going on here like what is this what does this mean what are, you know i would be I think having the same kind of right because there's reaction. no other story. I mean, this doesn't fit any other dream you had, right? We have no, right, no. You this even... isn't me playing basketball <laughs> out in the backyard. You know, it's like this doesn't fit. You know, <laughs> so he's staring at this door and he sees this creepy, ugly, evil monster. Then, in a moment, something happened. The door flew open. And the monster stepped out. It was clearly coming towards me. And I could do nothing but sit there. It came right at me and I was paralyzed. And you sort of, that half makes sense. Do something, run away, but you can't get your legs to work in a second. Oh, yeah. Now, I've had that dream where you try to run and you can't run kind of a thing, you know, so I'm used to that. <laughs> then I'm flooded with this sense of danger. I mean, mm -hmm. this is it. This is terrible danger. So then I, I try to resist with some feeble attempt, and my attempt just had no impact. The evil kept coming after me, coming at me. And then it did this very weird thing. It reached for me. And as it reached for me, I squirmed. But the evil thing grabbed me. But it wasn't reaching for me. Actually, it grabbed the inside young boy part of me. I tried to protect my boy part, but the evil thing pulled the inside young boy part of me right out. It was frightening. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we've, we've actually done a lot of work in this area in our ministry, and we've even um, uh, partnered with Dr. Eddie Caparucci on a lot of the inner child work and like realizing that, listen, all of us, 
we still, I don't care how old your body gets, mm-hmm. there is a sense in which we are very connected to a a childlike part of our inner being. Like there's yes. a sense in which we still have that little boy in us, right? There's a, there's there's something in there in us that says, I still have, um, I still have, you know, dreams and hopes, and there's a sense of longing for innocence and all these kind of things that are part of the inner boy. And so when I hear this, I'm thinking, no wonder this would be absolutely terrifying. Mm. And the reason I say that is because I don't think, as as much as we've carried maybe a a damaged and broken inner child, and Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us would say, I've felt that that inner child has been totally extracted from my being. Like this oh. is being ripped out of him. Yes. I, yes. I would think the sense of loss, the sense of confusion and fear in that moment would be huge because it's like, well, what do I do if inner me, if little boy me is just totally yeah, ripped, ripped out. apart? Rip out. We've seen ripping the heart out. Right, mm-hmm. and this is not that, but it's sort of a version of good taking a significant part of me and just rip it right out of me. Yeah, and kind I'm, of a core aspect yeah, of who I am. Go forward, live well without this part of you. And when I think about the inner boy, it's it's interesting because people have all kinds of ways to describe it, and it's an emotional state where a lot of passionate energy lives. Right, that's mm-hmm. the inner. The inner part of you is the young, vulnerable, wide-eyed, excited, scared, wounded, most passionate part of you, right? And to have that core ripped out of you. By, by a scary monster. <laughs> I mean, that's even worse, right? It's, yeah. one, it's one thing if I can, I can think that, you know, I've done things that have kind of torn up that boy. But when, man, this exterior, external monster is now coming and saying, I'm Ripping just tearing you, you out. Yeah. yeah. I felt terrible because I did not protect the young boy part of myself. This being seemed determined. Um, Let me see. And it was determined to rip this part out of me. Then the evil left walking away with my young boy part. And it disappeared. And it was terrifying. And then I woke up from the dream. That would be, I think, just as scary as anything else. It's kind of like a cliffhanger, right? Now what do I do? In some ways, I'd almost wonder, as terrifying as this dream was, I'd want to close my eyes again and be like, where is this going? Like, where did this monster take me? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. To just now, it's gone, and and the sense of um, loss, you know, of like now I don't know how the story ends. And division, right? And, right. In mystery and uncertainty, and there's word in here I skipped over. It's it said the being seemed entitled. It seemed entitled to take this part of me, mm. like it was its right to come and rip this out of me. So. So I woke up and I immediately started praying, Father, help me. What just happened? What did this story mean? So you know what happens? You you get a dream, then you mull it over, and you think about this piece and that piece, and he's telling me, so I'm I'm starting to guess what pieces mean, and 
he's guessing, we're praying, we're asking for the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom to what do these mean? Because is this mm-hmm. just is this just a crazy brain gone rogue during the night, bored with nothing to do? Or is there significance to this? And I just want to say something on that because I feel like we have, um, not to get too historical or anything like that or, or philosophical, but I do believe that kind of ever since the Enlightenment period, we have become, how shall I put it, in the West, we, we become too smart for ourselves. Oh. And what I mean by that is, because what happens now, Stephen, when somebody uh, reads the scriptures and they see about Joseph's interpretation of dreams and Pharaoh having dreams and all and and we're like, well, we know now that none of that is, you know, real. You shouldn't take any stock in dreams and all. It's just electrical impulses in your brain and stuff that happens in your subconscious, blah, blah, blah. No, nothing of any actual significance or reality is really happening in a dream state. And I just want to say, bunk. God is able to, in any way, through any means, like reveal things to us, show things to us, communicate with us. And so I just want to say, well, I'm not one that says, let's try to go seek uh, extravagant experiences simply for the sake of some kind of extravagant experience. Let's not limit what might be able to be a a learning and growth opportunity that comes through something even like a dream. Because I think that's what we're going to see here. Right. Like this dream had significance for this particular man. And um, I think we we don't want to be too quick to just say, yeah, just a dream and just well, dismiss we it. we have the spirit in us at work, mm-hmm. right? And I, I really think lots of parts of dreams make sense when you just try to put them together yeah. in terms of what you know, pieces fit, pieces of different stories, things happening. They're not completely abstract or totally disconnected from your reality. Even if yeah. in the dream, you could have very fanciful things that are going on. So after thinking and talking, these are the conclusions that were come to. What did the story mean? It meant misusing my sexuality early in life cost me to lose some innocence. And it was not just the young boy part of me, it was the innocent part of me. Mm. And if you think of what's happening now in our culture, we don't want innocence. We don't want to protect our innocence. We want more and more and edgier. And and yet... To, to be innocent is to be clean and to be free and to be light. And so he said, when I started misusing my sexuality early in life, I started losing my innocence. Mm-hmm. And this is a picture where evil says, you don't own innocence anymore. You gave it away. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think from the very beginning when um – when God placed the one restriction on our original parents of Adam and Eve, mm. it was don't eat from that tree, which is named the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. Like from the very beginning, God never intended for us to know evil. Yes. So what you're talking about now in terms of our culture is we're saying, hey, I just want more and more knowledge of evil. I just want to know more and more. Oh, and yeah. so there's a sense in which the more we 
crave that knowledge beyond what we were meant to know, we are losing that innocence. We're losing what I might call a blissful ignorance. Mm. Like there is a there's a beautiful ignorance that we're meant to have. Like yes. we're meant to not know the, the beauty things. is not knowing evil. Yes. When we the what he's talking about here is man, the more I started going across that line and trying to gain more and more knowledge of of right. evil through misusing my sexuality, more and more of my innocence was being just lost in that. So the story meant early in life giving my innocence away for sexual pleasure always has a cost. Mm. And today was payday. Mm. That's interesting, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, we've historically, what do we call the uh, the the angel of death, the grim reaper, oh, right? Yeah. And in some ways you can almost, maybe you could superimpose that image onto oh, this monster. It's like, yeah. hey man, the day has come. I'm, I'm, for lack of a better way to put it, like I'm here for your soul. I'm taking that inner boy. I'm taking that inner boy. The, yeah. It's come due. You know, it's like, whoa, that's scary. So I was shown a short dream story of what happened to my youthful innocence. What happened to it? I traded it in. I gave it away piece by piece, my innocence. But God showed me in a short little video dream. What happened to it? Oh, you traded it in. You traded your innocence in. And when you take inappropriate sexual pleasure with another person, you also give up some of your innocence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... You know, one of the things that I thought about earlier in the story when he was talking about how he was, you know, he's trying to resist, but it was kind of a feeble attempt. And, and, and then it said that the evil monster, the evil thing kept coming. Mm. And, you know, I think some of that, there's two things that I kind of take away from this. And keep in mind, we are talking about a dream, so yes, let's, let's not put yes. it on the same order as like the authoritative scriptures or anything like that. But a couple of things came to my mind about that is... There's a little bit of what we're talking about here in terms of what he's saying. The way I interpret that is that, man, I was giving up. I was giving up some of these, you know, this yeah. innocence because I was misusing my sexuality. But I also want to make the statement that there is um, there is evil that's coming after us. So in other words, all of us, even as little boys, we had evil dumped in our lives too. That's right. So there's yeah. two things going on here, I think, in terms of the loss of innocence. Some of it can be voluntary. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I am per I'm pursuing right. this knowledge of evil right. and I'm losing innocence. Some of it, though, can be evils coming after you. And it's involuntary. Like things happen That's to you that right. were a loss of your innocence too. Yes, yes. So I kind of see that both in the dream, you know, could be possible. Yes. And, and this is a guy who's trying to get back to innocence. Mm-hmm. So so that's why this theme is pretty consistent. What did I do wrong in the past? What happened? And what is God showing me? He said, the aha moment of my life is that I literally traded my innocence for moments of sexual pleasure. Mm. In the dream, evil was calling to collect its half of the trade. Mm. You know, one of the things that popped right into my mind when you said the trade being of innocence for sexual pleasure, as I wrote down here, it's trading peace for chaos. Oh, I mean, yeah. think about it. Even the 
the irony to me is that, you know, pursuing sexual pleasure, the promise is you're going to have it all, right? I mean, you're right. going to have everything yes. you want. Yeah, not and, hurting anybody, not doing anything bad. It's just well, a well, the irony is it's promising a kind of peace when, in fact, it just creates all kinds of chaos oh, yeah. and it disrupts everything and it, yeah. it puts everything out of order. And so there's an innocence, there's a sense of peace. And I think he's saying you can't um, you can't dabble in the sexual sin without there being a trade-off somewhere. Yes, yes. It's not a it's not a zero or anyway, it's not it's not equal across the board. Like you can't say I can have this and this. Like I can have innocence and oh, sexual sin. It's right. like no, it's either or, or you know. Yeah. So I know I'm sort of repeating here at the end. He said I had taken I had taken inappropriate sexual pleasures. But now evil had come to complete the trade and take its part. And I got pleasure, but evil took boyhood innocence. And I never knew the price I would pay for this trade. Yeah. I never knew. You know, I think that's one of those things, too, that's very important in this discussion is so many times uh, we don't really know the cost on the front end. Yeah, right cuz that's really right. the way to, that's really the way temptation lures us right it's mm-hmm. temptation is not going to tell you on the front end hey steven you know what if you go do this thing it could ruin your marriage it could you know <laughs> right. uh, ruin your mind it's going to take all your no temptation yes. and certainly the evil one satan is never going to to say to you let me tell you the whole cost up front mm. but here's the good news i think god in his mercy and even maybe through an experience like this guy's life where there was a dream that was stark and and vivid and scary is saying you know what you still have breath in your body yeah. you you still can now make different choices because now you recognize the cost you recognize the trade-off that it was right. and the good news of the gospel is that there is an innocence that can be restored amen and so amen. i think that i don't want us to Stay in the terrifying place, even though I think sometimes we need those terrifying moments that give us the stark reality of what it has cost mm-hmm. us to keep going down the road we've been going. So my close would be, men, be aware. Just mm-hmm. be aware. You have to protect your innocence. Just one day at a time. Just work on protecting your innocence and fighting the lie that says more and better and you're getting behind and you better catch up and everybody else is taking and gorging and you're, you're going to be the last one to the trough and you better get in line and get your fill. No, protect your innocence. Fight to protect it. Um, and then, then we always go to Jesus and say, can I have my innocence back? You know, can you make new again? Can you restore a mind and a heart? I'd like my innocence back. And we live one day at a time. That's it. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. One day at a time. So you can ask him today, can you help me hold my innocence? Watch what you watch. Watch what you listen to. Watch where you take yourself. Fight to protect your innocence. Because it's a challenge daily to protect your power source, right? the sweet spot of your soul, right? Where the Holy Spirit and your spirit abide. And to, to, to walk in innocence is to walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. 
So strive to protect your innocence and for restoration. Do what you can behaviorally and spiritually. Get on your face and ask if you can have it back. And literally rebuke the evil and say, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it's mine. It was always mine. I was stupid. I'm done being stupid. Yeah, and I would say uh, one of the things that I would encourage you is is uh, don't be too quick to dismiss um, dreams or maybe other ways in which things are happening in your life that you you might not be able to immediately explain, but there's something within that that might be helping you to see your life through a different lens. Yes. So like in this case, this guy had this, man, he was just sitting on his couch and then dozed off and boom, there's this vivid, stark, terrifying dream. And when he wakes up, he goes to prayer and realizes this wasn't just random. Like there's something that that I needed to gain from this dream in order to continue to make changes towards reclaiming innocence. And so maybe some of you right now, as you're, you've been listening to us, you're like, I've been having the same dream every night for a week. And you might be just saying, man, I just need to, I need to stop drinking coffee late at night, or I need to, you know, and maybe I'm not saying this is always the case, but maybe you need to take a moment like this guy did and say, I'm going to sit down and pray. And I'm going to ask God, is there something here that you want me to see that is part of what's going on in my life that you want me to address and what would that look like, you know, right. moving forward? And also, I think um, if you're uh, if you're having particularly stark dreams, um, I think it's helpful to maybe get a counselor to help you kind of navigate some of that. Because, again, I don't think there's uh, anything that is purely accidental in our lives. I think we have a sovereign God that is control of every mm-hmm. molecule and everything that goes on. He's sovereign over all of it. And I think sometimes... Um, if we are resistant to being responsive in very obvious ways <laughs> in which he's trying to speak to us, he's not outside the realm of being able to use other mechanisms for being able to try to get our attention and show mm-hmm. us where we need to go. I want to mention one other resource that might be helpful to you in terms of just developing a pattern of pursuing innocence and righteousness and purity, and that is our 40 Days Online course. Uh, this is a great way to just daily start getting into the habit of how do I train my mind and my heart towards protecting innocence and pursuing righteousness and and uh, and pure living. So um, you can get more of that uh, uh, information through our show notes. And we are so grateful you've been with us. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.